You know when you're out with your friends and they all order beer and then you look insane when you don't want any beer? I mean, no offense to any of my friends out there, but I'm not a crazy obsessed beer drinker. I mean, once in a while, but I don't really love it. But I did recently try Bud Light Seltzer. It's not beer. It's a hard seltzer from Bud Light. Finally, there's something I can drink when everyone else is having a beer. Bud Light Seltzer's 5% alcohol, 100 calories, and it comes in four flavors. There's strawberry, lemon lime, mango, and my go-to black cherry. They're all super refreshing and perfect when I want something with a little more kick than just sparkling water. You know what I'm saying? Bud Light Seltzer, unquestionably good. was a dinner the other day with some friends mm-hmm. and they were just talking to me in general about biggest loser and what what makes people change because you know we always say on the show people don't change well they do but not because of you like you can say i'm leaving if you don't change and you can help them hit rock bottom but you can't change them they have to want to change right, right. so people it's not often but people do change. They have to change because they want to change. And we talk a lot about, well, uh, you know, what needs to occur for change to happen, and and you know, why is change so hard? Not to not to reiterate uh, old shows, but but just to sort of touch on it for anybody who who hasn't heard some of our older shows on this, change is hard because we've become who we've become. For many reasons, in particular with our uh, dysfunctional behaviors, Mm -hmm. we develop them as coping mechanisms and protective measures, uh, defense mechanisms, survival mechanisms over the course of our lives to to insulate. So, gosh, I mean, people keep weight on for a million different reasons, and it could be well, if I keep the weight on, uh, I'll still be able to relate to my mom and my mom will relate to me and she won't feel abandoned by me because my mom's overweight. And uh, the minute I start to lose weight, she starts to distance herself from me right. and I, I feel abandoned, You know, which is a young contestant I had on the show season 11 or something. Or it, it could be anything. But regardless, whatever it is that you're doing that's destructive, you're doing for a reason. So if I'm spending too much money, I'm trying to fill some hole, some deeper need. If I'm eating too much food, if I'm drinking too much alcohol. So the thing is, we do these things because they make us feel safe. They provide us with something. Right. So then how do you change? Because it is so hard and it is so scary and you risk trying and failing, which everybody hates. And you are kind of left vulnerable and exposed. You don't have that control measure, that comfort measure, that defense mechanism, the first thing that needs to happen 
is that it needs to be more painful where you're at than the fear and the pain of the change change. process. It's that rock bottom moment. And that's why on Loser, I work really hard in the very beginning. Like those first two weeks of that process, you know, they say, oh, you're so mean, you're so mean, or you're meaner. They're always the same. If you watch the show, they're always the same those first two weeks. Because I, you know, I'm trying to do a lot of different things. One of which is give them a rock bottom moment, and so you. Oh see, really? Oh yeah. So you see me in week two with Pam, and she's like, "I'm afraid," and I was like, "Of what?" And she's like, "Of failing," and I was like, "Congratulations, you're there, you're here." I'm like, "Let me put a sign on the wall: Rock effing bottom." <laughs> You know what I, I'm like, girl, like your relationship is suffering. Your relationship with your kid is suffering. You're, you know, in, in, uh, insecure at work. Your health is in the crapper. You're, you you know, just on and on and on. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to look at, okay, the behavior that I'm wanting to change, how is it hurting me? How is it creating all these problems and these hardships in my life? And you really need to have that sort of epiphany, that rock bottom moment where you go, I can't do this anymore. Right. I cannot do this anymore. Where the pain of moving forward into that unknown space and letting go and being vulnerable and taking risks is less painful than staying in your dysfunctional ways. So you sort of have to give yourself a wake-up call about that. Mm-hmm. And then, okay, what's next? Well, if you're going to take that risk, and we've also talked about this before, You need to prepare yourself so you're set up to succeed. Even though you might fall down, you want to have at least one success. So another thing that I do those first two weeks, people always say, well, how do you change? How do you believe in yourself? How do you love yourself more? Well, you've got to have an experience that you can buy into that's different than the experiences you've been living. So, for Mm -hmm. example, let's take Nate from this season, right? Or TC for that matter. So they come into the gym and they've quit six times in six minutes, 15 times in 15 minutes. And, you know, I'm the failure. I'm the weak guy. I'm the loser. I'm apathetic. I fall down. I never get back up. That's my story. Well, I scream and I yell and I holler and I'm like, you can't play that pattern out in here. I won't allow you. Get out of here. If you're going to play that out, you can leave now. So I cut off their ability to play out the old story. And then I kind of overwhelm them into the workout for two and a half hours. Well, now they're going, oh, my God. I have now glimpsed a reality where I can be strong. I am capable. I I am disciplined. And everything I've thought up until now was a lie. So, granted, you're not going to have, you know, most people won't have someone like me there to sort of push them or orchestrate that glass is half full experience. But what you should do is think about what you're trying to change and educate yourself on how best to do it so that you're set up to be successful. So even if you're trying to lose weight, for example, how do I lose weight? Okay, well, I got to eat less and I got to move more. It isn't that hard to learn how to do it. I'm not saying it's not that hard to do it, but it's not that hard to learn how to do it. All right. Let me just try to lose. Let me stop gaining weight and let me try to lose three pounds this week. The first week you're going to lose more. So I would say like even five pounds, right? Okay. You go to, I'm going to go to the gym four times 
and I'm going to ask for help at the gym so mm-hmm. I can use the equipment or be more effective. I pay my gym membership role. If I'm too uncomfortable, I'll go online. I'll look it up. I'll educate myself. Got it. All right. You know, this is this is how much I'm going to eat. This is what I'm going to eat. And you get to the end of the week and you go, oh, my God, I went to the gym this many times and I ate right and I lost this weight and now I have this successful moment. And that little moment, it's like a little nugget, a kernel, a seed that you plant and you sort of you you nourish it, you you water it, you mm-hmm. tend to it, and it grows. So with every success, it's going to beget another success. So you've got to give yourself an opportunity to create that moment where you see a different side of yourself, a capable side, a competent side, a brave side that you can believe in. That's different than the past. And the best way to do it is to inform yourself so you've got the courage of the knowledge or you've, you've got the, the power of the knowledge behind you to make informed choices. They're going to give you that result. Then the next step is you are going to fail at one point or another. So you've got to already go into this with the preparation of, okay, what's the worst case scenario if I fail? Am I going to be any farther back than I am now? No, I'll just be where I am. So A, I've got nothing to lose. Right. Truly you have nothing to lose. Right. Which I think what scares people is they go, oh, my God, I tried and I failed, and now it's validation that I am a failure and I can't do it. They'd rather sit in that space of I don't want to do it instead of I'm incapable of doing it. But what you have to understand about failure is that it's an integral part of success because it's how you learn to do it. So you're going to fail a bunch of times. you got to shift your attitude and know it's coming. Know that it doesn't mean that you're, in fact, incapable. It's just a learning experience. And get ready to say, what have I learned from this? Where did I go wrong? What can I do differently and better the next time? And if you set yourself up sort of with those three things of the reality check of what it's costing you not to move forward and how painful it is, prepare yourself appropriately to have these small successes that will gradually build your confidence and push you forward. And then get the right mindset about failure so that you know you can tolerate it. It won't kill you. It's not a validation that you suck, but rather an entry point for learning. That is how you begin successfully to make a lasting change. A lot. There's other stuff in there, but those three right. nuggets are important. You know, you said there was something in the at the beginning of the Biggest Loser this season that um, when one of the fellow I can't remember his name. I'm sorry. He he got voted off early. He was on your team. Um, the fellow that got voted off too soon. He he made a sh- like he made a sh- when you talk about the seed being planted. It's like that shift from. Uh, who was the first fellow that got Na- uh, TC TC right? And I don't know why it was so. Uh, memorable to me, but I remember you had given him hell, and, and he he was fighting you. And anyways, and, the, and there was one point where he shifted. Yes, he let he allowed that seed to grow, and it was when he was he had like a it was almost like a kettlebell, a but ball, not, a, a ball, ball with a handle. Yeah, and he was going back, he was going banging back it up and down, back and wall. back and down, and and it, it, the sound that and I you know, yeah I know he was television, screaming, but I know. there was there was a sound that was coming out of him. That he unleashed the beast. He did, and I and yep. I, I get I I'm, I and I get emotional talking about it because to me it was like it was he was letting go of the beast, and it was just for the first time in his whole life. It was an incredible. Wow. It was an incredible moment, and I went, "Whoa!" He just he just shifted right before our eyes. And in here's what's here's what's so amazing about that. Uh, I read an article oh with God. him because I I was just curious to see sort of how how like. Did they get what I wanted them to get? Did it work? So I read this article that he'd given, uh, an interview that he'd given, and he was like, you know, when I found my true self, 
in that last chance workout, it changed me forever. And, mm-hmm. I, and I was like, exactly, you know, but, but that's, so yes, I railroaded him into that experience, but I kind of had no choice because I, I knew if I didn't, one of two things was going to happen. He was going to go home and not have it. Or uh, number one, I don't want them to go home. So part of me is trying right. to prevent them from going home. So you got to move them at a faster pace. But if they do go home, I subsequently need to make sure they have had that moment, that aha moment. So it, it's what that, that little catalyzing force. I need to make sure, okay, you know, I need to make sure they feel how awful it is to be this unhealthy, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, and psychologically. So they got to have that rock bottom moment. Then I need them to have that epiphany moment. And then I need to get in their head and shift their mindset uh, exactly. about failure. And that's what I try to do yeah. those first two weeks. That's a big, that's, that's a big tall order. That's why it's so violent those first two weeks. Right. Cause you, you know, you're, you don't, it's not a regular client that you have for, for blanche. Yeah, yeah. You know, they go home on that show, but yeah. Oh, wow. Well, it was anyway. anyway, I, to be able to witness what you just, what you just talked about and to be able to actually see it. See if you, it. If I know. Go back for those who hadn't seen the, when he went home, uh, watch it because it, it that was a shift and for all eyes to see. It was very incredible. So, Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanking you. Julian Michael plays. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank your muscle okay yeah it's from uh, a couple of tips from slim for life slim for life my new book some strategies yeah oh thank you Brittany. Brittany has brought me a coffee which is nice because i'll need to refresh my palate a little bit before i before i read to you okay from my opus are you ready yeah so this whole idea is just ways of kind of eking out some extra burn out of your workout right Okay. okay so the first one is called Push It Good, and it's about HIT training. We've talked about this a lot, high-intensity interval training. I'm just, because we've talked about it a lot, I'm just going to skim it a little bit. You can work these high-intensity cardio intervals into a cardio session if you're on an off day with regard to your lifting. Right. So, for example, you jump on the treadmill and you run 30 seconds on as, I don't want to say as fast as you can, but... As fast as you can safely, get your heart rate up to 85%, 90% of your maximum heart rate. So for me, I'm running at, let's say, 9, 30 seconds at 9, then I'm off for 30 seconds. 30 seconds at 9, then I'm off for 30 seconds. And in the book, I give you different ways to do hit training from 2-minute intervals to 20-second intervals to 30-second intervals. Okay. But do your hit training with your cardio to really amp up your cardio. Or work a hit interval into your weight training circuit. So if you're doing like a, a metabolic okay. circuit and you're going from... Uh, squat thrusters to uh, scorpion push-ups. Then your next thing might be a minute of speed rope, jumping rope as fast as you can, and work that hit interval in there. Because what hit does is by creating these moments of intensity during the workout, number one, you're not forcing your, your body to work at that consistent intensity, which is going to cause injury. So it allows you to condition your body for greater intensities, mm-hmm. but it gives you off time, so you're less prone to injury when you do it 
in these intervals as opposed to consistent pushing. Instead of being going as intensely as you can for 30 minutes, having bouts of intensity yes. is going to help you condition your body to work harder at a faster pace because you're putting a greater stress on it. And you're taking those off moments so you're not consistently going as intensely as you can so you don't get as injured. Make sense? Yeah, because you're surprising your body kind of in a way. Well, okay, let's say we go, all right, I can run my greatest intensity for a steady pace would be seven miles an hour for 30 minutes. Okay. Well, you're actually less inclined to injury running intervals at nine miles an hour with off, with a period of being off. Okay, okay. Because you're not consistently pounding or pushing. And by forcing your body to run at the nine – even though you couldn't do that consistently for 30 minutes, your body's going, oh, my God, the demand put on my heart and my muscles and all of this. Your body has to adapt, so you're going to get stronger quicker. Plus, it burns more calories while you're doing it. And for your body to return itself to its pre-lactate state or the state after the workout and for your core temperature to cool down and all of that, you've got uh, what we call EPOC. You get a greater afterburn. Okay. So work those intervals into the workout. Okay. Ready? Speed it up. So you can play with speed. You can play with the speed of your repetitions to challenge your body and increase your burn. Now, when I talk about speed, I'm actually not talking about the negative. Well, I like negative oh, for the slow lowering of the weight. I, I think that's great if you're trying to build muscle and build strength. But if you're trying to burn fat and get lean, those slowed down reps are really going to slow down your heart rate. So if you're already fit and you want to play with negatives to change things up and to increase your strength, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're trying to lose weight and you really want to keep that burn going, I'm talking about explosive speed on the concentric part of the contraction. So that's the part where you're pulling the bar down to your chest on your lap pull down or you're exploding up and out of the push-up. Right. So like from the ground to the top, that's the concentric where you're pushing up the f- part of exertion, not the lowering or the releasing of the weight, which is called eccentric. So when you can make that concentric part of the exercise more explosive and faster, you're creating more intensity, and therefore you're going to burn more calories. But, of course, make sure that you can do this with good form. So if you need to push a little less weight or pull a little less weight, then that's what you need to do. If you cannot do this with good form, then you need to go back to a normal pace and work your way up. Or get that funky momentum thing that I see some people do in the gym and always on the eccentric contraction the lowering of the weight no less than two seconds on the lowering or the releasing of the weight gotcha because you don't want your body to fall you still want to be able to control right. the weight at all times make sense okay mm-hmm. double down so try supersetting a muscle group for example try lap pull downs followed by plank dumbbell rows or push-ups followed by cable chest flies or leg extensions followed by jumping lunges and the whole, another one, bicycle crunches followed by leg raises, deadlifts followed by Romani, Roman chair back extensions. So what you're doing is you're hitting the same muscle group with two exercises back to back. And it's, it's definitely an advanced training method. But what it does is it has a few primary advantages over conventional straight set training. Because when you're supersetting, you're getting rid of that rest period between sets. You're adding intensity to your workouts. And, of course, as we know, intensity means better results. And it allows you, these supersets allow you to overload your muscles without using extremely heavy weights. Mm, So for somebody who wants to get lean and improve their strength and endurance without gaining the size, Mm -hmm. this is a good way to do it. Gotcha. All right. Leverage. Play with your leverage points. So what this means is that your muscles and your bones and your joints, they act like a system of levers that work together to allow you to lift weight. So whether it's your own body weight or it's external resistance like a dumbbell. 
as you increase the distance between the object that you're lifting and your joint, which is your pivot point, you're increasing the intensity. So your muscles have to generate more force. For example, let's say you're doing a lateral shoulder raise. Mm-hmm. If you bend your arm at the elbow, have you ever seen people do those those dumbbell raises, lateral dumbbell raises, and they bend their arm yes. 90 degrees, and then they fly their arms up like chicken wings? Yeah. Straighten your arms much harder. You're lengthening your lever. Yeah. Same thing as doing a push-up. Whenever people want to make it easier, what's the first thing they do? They shorten it. They drop to their knees. Shorten oh. the lever. Interesting. They go to their knees instead of being on their feet. So the longer you extend your lever of lifting... The harder it's going to be. So think like do dumbbell flies or cable flies instead of using a pec deck because the pec deck keeps your arm bent. So you want to do lateral raises with straight arms instead of bent ones. Do push-ups on your feet instead of your hands and knees. Things like that. If you do leg raises, straighten your legs instead of bending at the knee. Ever Mm -hmm. notice how uh, when people do those uh, like windshield wipers but they bend their knees at a 90-degree angle and lower the knees from side to side? Mm -hmm. Straighten your legs 10 times harder. Right. So if you want to amp it up, lengthen your levers. Lengthen your levers. I like yes. that. Yes. Remember that. All right. Now, body weight and free weight training. So I kind of think of this as like twist and shout. I want you to get away from the machines that artificially isolate your muscles, and I want you to be as multidimensional as possible with your movement because, A, it incorporates as many muscles as possible. It forces the body to synergize, and that burns more calories. It makes you more functional. It's core-based, and it's going to help you prevent injury. So think of things like lunges with a chop. So it's a di- that diagonal chop. So you lunge forward. Let's say you're lunging on the left leg, and you've got the dumbbell in both hands over the right shoulder. Yes. Step forward, lunge on the left leg, and chop across the body over the leg, and that's like a lunge with a chop. Come back up, repeat, opposite side. Speed skaters, side-to-side leaping, 180 jump squats. I want you to think about how can you move through space in the most multidimensional, three-dimensional way possible. Lateral burpees, surfer get-ups. How can you really utilize the space you're given? Movement possibility. That's what I want you to think about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Don't move on one plane. Mm-hmm. Get it? I do. Huh? No, it's true. Yes. Oh, I like that. I'm going to try that chopping thing. I just visualize myself doing that right just now. Just chopping. And I want to chop. Chop cross. I like that. Yeah. Okay. Here's another one. Range of motion. This is really important. So... Think about when you're performing. Have you ever seen, I was at the gym the other day and this woman was doing a bicep curl and her arm never straightened, not once. Her elbow was bent the entire time. And she was basically just moving her elbow up and down and her bicep curl, which of course only activates your, uh, your pretty much your front delt, the front of your shoulder. Yeah, you're not. So like, yeah. range of motion, lower your arm all the way down, keep your elbow behind your rib cage and then curl the arm three quarters of the way up. It's the squat that, do, that goes at least parallel to the ground. Right. It's the lunge where you drop the back knee an inch from the floor. So that's range of motion. You've seen people do squats and they don't drop their thighs mm-hmm. parallel. You've seen them do lunges and they don't bend the back knee. You've seen them do bicep curls and they don't release the elbow. Uh, or pull-ups. The pull-ups where you don't fully lower the body and they just kind of like halfway. Right. When you increase the range of motion, it's significantly harder because you're, you're moving your body through all, all parts, parts of the muscle and all ranges of that motion, which not only trains you, uh, quite honestly, in a more co- comprehensive way, mm-hmm. but of course, it increases intensity. And what does that mean, Janice? That means you get stronger, faster. Burn more calories. You oh, and burn more flexibility, calories. Flexibility, mobility, strength, and of course, get a better calorie burn. 
Huh? Jeez. Still think I put that chop. The ch it's impressive. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, there's a lot I could teach you. I know. Yeah. Oh, just keep running out of time. Well, that's okay. Okay. I lost a lot of hope for you anyway. All right, anyway. so the next one is plyometrics. So adding, hopping, bounding, jumping, springing into your movement. Again, you've got to be more fit if you start playing with this, but it's things like a lunge, a jumping lunge, a squat, a jumping squat, a push-up, a push-up where their hands pop off the ground. Yeah, you got it. You're right. That's a level. Long jumping, burpees with jumps, up, you know, anything where you can add a dynamic, explosive movement to the exercise is obviously going to give you a much greater burn because you're having to generate enough force that you're momentarily defying gravity. So it is the ultimate in high intensity training and it will significantly increase your strength, your speed, your endurance, body fat burning, calories, you know, incinerating, but you do need to have a nice decent level of fitness yep. before before you get into that. So, next one, instability. Now, what I don't want you to do, I did a lot of homework on this one. It's not about getting on a platform that's unstable, even though if you want to play on a bosu ball or a balance board, bless your heart, have fun. But when we're talking about Burning calories, the key is to generate intensity, right? And recruiting more muscle fibers. So the idea is to make you unstable on, an un, on a stable platform because you need a stable platform that you can exert force on. But by making yourself unstable, stable. you're recruiting uh, more muscle groups and burning more calories. So instead, instead of, of doing on. a squat, like, so they, they studied the, the, the biochemistry, the burn, and all of that on somebody who did squats on a BOSU ball versus somebody who did squats on the floor. And they were able to generate more force and more power doing squats on a stable platform. But let's say you did squats and at the top of the squat, you raised one knee up to your chest, lowered back down into a squat, raised the other knee up to the chest, lowered back down to a squat, or did push-ups and exploded off the ground, but raised one arm up, raised the leg up, did it with one leg off the ground. By creating instability with your own body by raising a leg or raising an arm or raising an arm and a leg, but still being on a stable platform, you're able to exert the force but add the instability, which is going to recruit more muscle fibers and burn more calories. That's because I started um, – I know you, I've, I've seen people work out with the, the upside-down BOSU ball, right? So they're like – But that's not – by the way, it's not a bad way to train. Right. But if you're looking to burn calories – and get intensity, it's best to do it the other way. And I got lazy. I didn't want to go get the bow. So what I do when I do oh. triceps is I tuck. Oh. I start out, and then halfway through, I'll tuck one leg back so I'm only on one leg. And it forces me to maintain my, my you know, straight up and down. I have to work very differently with the leg tucked up. Mm. See? Now, I don't know if that's right or not, but that's, well, I'm, on a I'm on a stable Here's my thing. problem with that. You don't need to isolate and just do tricep extensions. You should be working your triceps in an exercise that burns way more calories than you just standing there and doing triceps. Oh, but I love standing there doing triceps. It's one of my favorite things to do no, at the gym. No, what you should do is an exercise that's going to work triceps but more muscle groups. So try something like dips. Even close push-ups with oh, your hands, the diamond push-ups, are going to work chest, shoulders, and tries, and core, and quads. So maximizing your yes. time at the gym or with more. Like, let's say you're going to do tricep extensions. Do a sumo squat into a tricep extension. So do combo lifts. Combine the arm exercises in with the leg exercises. 
That way, you're not only saving time, but you're burning a lot more calories because you're using that many more muscle groups and forcing that much more synergy. God Instead damn. of looking like a, just a giant dried turd with my yes. leg behind my foot. My God. And then oh. a little, so a little few cardio, Slim for Life cardio tips. Yeah. Incline, incline, incline. If you can't do impact and you can't jog, inch up the incline. Great for amping up your burn, man. Incline training, badass. Move your arms. Your arms off. Yeah, arm-powered cardio, as silly as you feel. Move those arms, pump them, get them going, drive the elbows, as ridiculous as it sounds, and make sure to switch it up. How do so, you mean? like, row one day. Oh, do I Jacob's see. Ladder another day. Run sprints another day. Jump rope another day. Do the stepper another day. Mix it up. I'm glad you put that little note in about even though you feel silly because sometimes when you are stupid with the arms, but yeah, like sometimes you're like, oh, everybody else is like doing that, but you're right. If you just go, you know what, I'm doing this for me. Like even if you're on that elliptical, and you're thinking like, I'm on the elliptical, my knees are bothering me, I want to be on the elliptical today. Take your arms off those handles and pump the elbows, really drive the legs, get it going. Come on, bud. Oh man, incline and no one-legged turd tries. Okay, nope. That was awesome. Thank you. That was awesome. Thank you. Oh, dear. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to tell you what that sounded like. So we'll take a, we'll take a little... Stop it. Stop now. Or you are... Stop. We'll be right back and we'll Sounds talk like to... like a clown now. I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> oh, Okay. You've seen her as the star of NBC's hit show, The Biggest Loser. Now is your chance to see her live. Jillian Michaels, Maximize Your Life Tour. It's time for you to ask, why not me? Why not me to be healthy? Why not me to be happy? Your health is the platform that your entire life is built upon. And when your health is solid, every aspect of your life will flourish. Join me as we motivate each other and maximize our lives. Visit JillianMichaels.com for details. And Jackie would like to talk to you. Oh, good. Hey, Jackie, what's up? Hi. Um, I'm 17. Uh-huh. Um, I'm in a situation with my family. Um, <sighs> my mom went through some pretty big struggles when she was younger. So that came about now, and she's depressed. And Oh, oh she means she's dealing with it now. Yeah. Okay. And... She, she's now depressed, and she doesn't want any help from anybody, and she deals with her problems with food. Okay. But not only her, but she, like, brings in the food to the whole house. Okay. So she's buying all this junk food, and everybody's eating all this junk food, and everybody's starting to get overweight. You're serious? Just now? Just recently? No, this has been going on for years and years. Okay, so so she all right. So she's dealing with some emotional issues, some baggage. Uh, she uses food to cope with it. She brings this junk food in the house, and it's taking a toll on the entire family. The entire family. Okay. And um, I'm kind of scared because I would like her to be at my wedding one day, and I don't think that it's going to happen. <laughs> 
You know, I just had a call with a young boy very recently um, who was equally as concerned uh, about his mom and trying to get her health back on track. How many how many of you are there in the family, if you don't mind my asking? Um, there's seven kids. Wow. Okay. That's but not, not all of them live at home, so there's about... There's four kids at home. Okay. And we're all just kind of eating all this food. And I, I tell my parents, like, you have to start buying healthier food, and they're just saying, like, well, junk food's cheaper than healthy food. <laughs> the next time they say that to you, I would ask them how cheap a heart attack or cancer is. Because <laughs> yeah. the last time I checked, it's the number one cause of bankruptcy in America. So if they're going to, I mean, we can get into those kinds of arguments. Not that I think it's going to serve you, but if that's really something they're saying, uh, I'm, you might want to just ask, have you really thought this through? Are you really hearing what you're saying? If that's the reason that you're buying this bad food, have you considered how seriously it will affect our household economics when one of you comes down with a fatal disease? So... That you know, you can throw that back in their face, but I don't necessarily know that being combative is going to get you uh, where you're hoping to be right now. Um, you've said to me you don't see her changing, and it's been this way for a long time, right? Yeah. And you've expressed to them your concerns, and you get those sort of one-note, flat, one-dimensional answers back. Basically, like. My sister and I both approached my mom and we said, we think that you might need to go see a counselor or a therapist or something to help you cope. You just need to talk to somebody instead of Mm -hmm. having food. And she just looks at us and she says, you know what, this is my life. Mm. I don't, I'm not depressed. I don't need to talk to anybody. Uh, Everything like that. Like, I'm glad with where I am. Okay, stop. I'm sorry. Stop, stop bashing your head into the wall. Because I, th- I think that you're going to end up feeling, if you don't already, defeated, yeah. hurt, because they're not hearing you. And they're unable to see how scared you are and how upset you are, which is probably going to make you angry if you're not already angry. Oh, beyond. Beyond angry. Okay. I totally understand. Um then here's the thing. You you sound like such a smart kid and you recognize the limitations of the situation. And yeah. I I'm so sorry to tell you this, but there are t- are you are you okay to talk? I feel like I heard someone walk in. Are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm okay to talk. All right. I feel like um there comes a time in every quote child's life when they realize that they might be the more grown-up one in the relationship with a certain parent. And, yeah, yeah, and that's a tough day. It's a really tough day. Uh, After becoming a parent, I learned something that I could not process as as the kid, right? Because as the kid, you're like, I don't understand. You're my parent. Don't you see this is hurting me? Don't you care how I feel about this? Why can't you change? Why can't you be the strong leader that I need you to be? And you have yeah. these expectations of your parents as a kid. You're like, you're the parent. I'm the kid. Be the parent. 
Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. Here's the bad news. Ready? Now I have okay. two kids, and I'm not a better person. I try every day, every day to be better. I try. And I now know that, like, the shortcomings of mine, like my lack of patience or, you know, whatever it might be, the things I need to work on, I really need to work on and be conscious of around my kids. But I didn't suddenly have them and evolve. And I think we imagine as kids that it's like your parents have you and they're supposed to love you unconditionally and they're supposed to do the right thing because they're your parents. But the problem is that even after you have kids, all of your imperfections and all of your issues are still freaking there. And then your kids grow up and they, you know, contend with these issues. So, number one, I want you to know this is not your fault. This is not because you aren't persuasive enough or because they don't love you enough or any any reason that you could possibly think of as to why you cannot change this this is this is about something far more historical than you this is about something far deeper than you and this is about something that isn't your responsibility to change but here's what you can do to okay. try to take some control over it and that is to take as much control over your life as you possibly can so i know that living at home is is you know, I'm working with a 16-year-old on, on the show this season. I was a 17-year-old, and that's when I ended up leaving home. But I did live at home with my father for a little while. And I remember it being some of the most difficult years of my life because you don't control the purse strings. You don't buy the food. You don't make the rules in the house. And mm-hmm. it's extremely hard to live the life that you want to live under someone else's roof who has a different set of values. But what I will say is... As often as you possibly can, in as many ways as you possibly can, you need to express your truth and live your truth and take care of yourself in in whatever way you can. So whether it's being active, uh, starting running, bike riding, um, t- going out dancing with your friends, taking you know if you can afford it, taking Zumba classes at the Y, uh, you know, getting involved in sports at school or whatever you can do to be active in your life and to incorporate physical activity and to change and to take care of yourself that yeah. will be helpful if you cannot afford healthy food because you're a kid and you know it's the bad stuff that's being brought in the house choose the lesser of the evils eat less of the evils whenever possible Maybe, I don't know if you have a part-time job. Is there any way? If Do you yeah. have one? Could you have one? I, I, I do. Where do you yeah. work, honey? I work at a rec center. Okay. Um, is, are there, is there food there that's provided for you guys ever or no? Uh, yeah, there is. Anything healthy? Yeah. Try to eat as often as possible there. See if you can bring food home from there. Um, you know, even if you can invest just a little bit in some healthy snacks like yogurt or dry roasted almonds or some fruit or some cheese sticks. So you're eating less unhealthy, less of the time that would help a lot. And I think the more you can prioritize your own well-being, the stronger you're going to feel because you won't feel quite so helpless. But the rest of this is just a matter of this is very unfortunately this is your cross to bear and you know in your heart that you are not going to be able to change her so if she sees what you're doing and she gets inspired then wow that's a miracle um but you're not going to be able to single-handedly undo 
the dysfunction that exists within your parents or within your family dynamic. So the healthier you can be in your own life, the better off. And, you know, last thing on this, I started watching this show on HBO called Enlightened. And yeah. it's, it's with this woman, Laura Dern. And so she starts out, right, and she's at the office and she's having a nervous breakdown. <laughs> and I'm not going to tell you why in case you choose to watch the show, but she's having a full-blown nervous breakdown, right? And she's just unle- she's unleashing at the office. She loses it. So she goes off to, like, rehab. And it's like this kind of beautiful place in Hawaii and she finds herself and she's meditating and she's, you know, she's, quote, enlightened. And she comes yeah. home. And I'm only three three episodes into the show, right? But she comes home to the same job, which made her sick, the same ex-husband, which made her sick. She's living with her mom. And you see very quickly, like, you know, yeah. why she why she is the way she is. And she's trying her ass off to be enlightened and live in this enlightened way. And she by the third episode, she's like, oh, my God, I'm, I'm trying so hard to change. And nothing around me is allowing me to do it. So the problem is that as much as you change, if you're still in a dysfunctional environment, you're still going to be contending with those same issues. So my advice to you is 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 not the happiest. And it's as much as you can insulate, as much as you can self-preserve, as much as you can set boundaries, as much as you can take care of yourself is as good as you're going to be and as much control as you will have. And then you just need to be upset and you need to feel how you feel about this because it's a shame. It's a real shame, sweetie. And I, I wish I had some magic answer to give you the parents that you want. I wish I had the magic answer to give myself the father that I wanted. And there's yeah. going to come a time in life where you're going to learn from this. And it's going to make you a better mom and a better woman and better at whatever you do. And you need to keep that in mind. And just because your parents are imperfect does not mean that they don't love you. It just means they're imperfect. And it's not your fault. Exactly. Thank you. I'm sorry, <laughs> honey. I'm so um, sorry. Well, you're, I was watching all of your shows like that. I forget what it's called. But the, you're helping like all these families, right? Losing it. Losing it. Yeah. yeah. That is it. And I watched all your seasons in one night. <laughs> wow. And then I... Yeah, like in com- in completely one night, and um, I w- I was so obsessed with it that that's how you called me because I went on to your Facebook and I searched and I creeped and I did all this stuff and then I emailed you and I'm so glad that you called me. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you wrote in. And I, I think the reason you were obsessed with it is because the appeal is that someone came in and shook things up and changed things. And sometimes I'm successful at that. And by the way, honey, sometimes I'm not. And you know what? The 16-year-old that I'm working with this season on Biggest Loser can't do it. Yeah. I can't do no. it. No. I can help the kid. But she really signed up for the show for me to come in. And change her family dynamic. And I can't do it. So what I've ended up trying to do with her is the same conversation that I've had with you. Is help her come to a place of understanding, of feeling what she needs to feel about it, and in being able to 
take care of herself in the way that she needs to so she feels safe. And I I wish to God I could come in there and make this all better for you and wake up your mom. And by the way, if, if you know, the fact she's not going to apply for Biggest Loser because, <laughs> as you've heard, she feels that nothing's wrong. You can't help yeah. somebody that is not unaware, is in denial of their problem. But if ever she decides <laughs> that she wants to, if she wants to come on the show, I'll do my best to turn her around for you. Awesome. All right, kid. Thank you. All right, honey. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. Here's the good news. The kid's smart, man. She knows mm-hmm. what's up. Yeah, she's smart. Very wise. Very wise for her years. She already right? knows she can't. She's like, I can't help. And she's pissed. And she knows she's pissed, which makes me even more proud of her. Mm-hmm. Because so, so many people have to deny those feelings because they're ashamed of them or they're afraid of those feelings. Right, right. And she's like, oh, you have no idea how angry I am. And I'm like, good for you. Good for you, kid. Good for you to, to feel your feelings and to not be ashamed of your feelings. The, the positive thing here is that kid's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She is. And it's like, you know, she watched the reason she was so obsessed with losing it. It's that fantasy of me coming in and yeah, saving, that- saving the, you know, shaking up the, grabbing the mom and, you know, by the shirt and slamming her into the wall. Wake up. And, you know, I try. I don't always succeed. The good news about Biggest Loser or losing it that makes it easier is those people signed up for it. Yes. So there was an acknowledgement yeah. of a problem. I need help. Oh, I see what you're saying. So at least yeah. they've put the foot in the door. Mm-hmm. You know, this woman's like, I'm fine. It's my life. Nothing's wrong with me. You can't work with that. Can't work with it. Yeah. Cannot. Oh, boy. Well, loving, loving detachment. Yeah. <laughs> there you hard. go. <laughs> there you hard. go. But yeah. that kid is going to be okay. And that makes me happy. Yeah. So there's that. Cool. Well, that's lovely. I think a lovely way to end our show today. All right. All right. Goodbye, Janice. Goodbye, Julia. like listening to comedy try watching it on the internet the folks behind the sideshow network have launched a new youtube channel called wait for it 
It's got interviews with comedians like Reggie Watts, Todd Glass, Liza Schleichinger, Schleichinger. I've been friends with her for 10 years. One of the funniest people out there, and I still have a hard time with the last name, Liza. Our very own Owen Benjamin, that's me, takes you on a musical journey down internet rabbit holes and much more. You don't have to wait any longer. Just go to youtube.com slash waitforitcomedy. There's no need to wait for it anymore because it's here and it's funny and I love you. <laughs>